I'm super, super, super excited to tell you about my sponsor, Southwest Trading Company. Southwest Trading Company is a native-owned business located at 1306 East 11th Street, Tulsa, Oklahoma. If you've never been to Southwest Trading Company, you need to go check them out. Right now, if you can, or after this podcast, or during the podcast, but either way, go check that store out. They have a lot of great items from different artists from all around, like jewelry, blankets, art, clothing, cedar boxes, indigenous home decor, car accessories, totes, and so much more. You could spend hours in this store. I'm not kidding. I went to the first time, and I think I spent like maybe a couple hours maybe just looking around at everything they have. I mean, it's so unique. If you haven't yet, Southwest Trading Company also has a Facebook page. So if you have not yet, go like it and follow their page to keep up with all new items and events they have going on at the store. Once again, I'm super excited that we get to build together. The location for Southwest Trading Company is 1306 East 11th Street, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Go check it out, everybody. Thank you. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Oki Podcast. On this episode, I have a familiar friend of mine. Uh, you can check her out on episode six, but I'm so happy that she came back. She is an artist, cinematographer, photographer. I got Brittany Bend About today. Woo! It's me. She's back. I'm back. And better than ever. Yes, my first solo podcast. Yes. I don't remember what I said on episode six. Said a lot. You were at the time you were going to college. Ooh, yeah. Mm -hmm. That was just a distant memory. Yeah. Sometimes I pretend that ever happened in my life. (laughs) (laughs) And then you graduated. Yeah, I graduated last May. That's crazy. Yeah. So what has happened since you? Well, hold on. Well, let me let me uh, let me rephrase that. So since the last podcast. And then graduating, you made a move into TV and film, I, I guess did. I should say. Yeah. And you've been doing a lot of work. Um, I won't spoil any of it. I'll let I'll let you talk about all everything you've been doing and um, just all the work you've been doing. And I mean, we're all very proud of you. So Thank congratulations you. on all that. All right. Let's get into it. Okay. So. Since episode six, I yeah, graduated grad school with my master's in business administration. Have I used that once in my life? No, I have not. I would like to say it looks cool on my resume, but for the jobs I do, like I don't turn in a resume. So like who even cares if I have a master's or whatever? <laughs> so yeah, definitely. I mean, I stumbled into TV and film. Yeah. Um, I was actually working at a coffee shop downtown Tulsa called Double Shot. I remember that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I worked there for 
when I had first moved to Tulsa, which I moved to Tulsa in 2020, and yeah, I was just working at the coffee shop. Um, Sterling Harjo was like one of my customers. He came in all the time, and my coworkers are like, "Oh, do you know who that is? He's like a f- local filmmaker. Um, he's native. You would probably really like him." I'm like, "Okay, cool." And so, like, almost every day, came in for a 16 ounce uh, hot americano. Just became friends with him, and wasn't a really like happy place at that at that job. Like to be honest, like I just it didn't feel like that was what I was supposed to be doing. I'm like my customers were great, my coworkers are great, but I'm like, where is this gonna take me in my life? And so, um, yeah, randomly one day Sterling came in and I was making his coffee, and he was like, "Hey, like, do you want to work on my show, my TV show?" And I was like, "Sure, like let's do it." And I put my two weeks in, like, I think a few days later and left. And that's how I ended up on Reservation Dogs season one. So it's definitely crazy kind of just like how that happened and just like falling into this industry. So um, fortunately, I got to come back for season two. Um, I got a bump in position, which was really great. So I got to learn more. I work in the camera department, which is like perfect for me because, you know, I'm a photographer. So it's like this is just another level to it. And I think the same thing with like what I want to do as like, I want to work towards being a director or just like a a director of photography. And, um, I don't know, like just with photography, been doing that since I was like 14 or 15, I I feel like cinematography is just another level to storytelling through picture, but now it's just like motion picture, which I think is so great. Um, so yeah, uh, season one of Res- Reservation Dogs, I was just a little production assistant, basically got people their coffees all day, um, mm. occasionally moved a monitor or a camera, nothing too exciting, but the community of the, the people that work on that show is just amazing, and I've never been a part of something so special and so great. Plus, it's really cool to just like, watch like history kind of unfold, you know, like we grew up, who'd we see on TV, like how many Native Americans do you remember seeing on TV? Not a lot. Yeah, even the ones that said they were like Native American, they probably weren't. You know, sure. Like, were they Italian? We don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, last year, I mean, Oklahoma's still in like the baby stages of film, mm-hmm. so there hasn't been a lot of work. Um, but in comparison to last year, this year's been really great. I've got to work on a lot of um, interesting things, uh, a lot of cool things. Um, I was on helping a friend. They were doing a little documentary like on boarding school survivors and so this stuff is just like it's really cool to be a part of because you're like you're getting to hear these stories from these elders but it's also so heavy and that's something I don't think people really think about of people who are behind the cameras like the stuff that we're getting to witness and we have to listen to and we're, we're watching and um so that stuff is just it's special but it is like really heavy and you're just like man like is this making like in a way you're kind of like making an impact for like the rest of the world to see these things, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah. Um, just working on like TV and film, trying to work my way up until I don't know, maybe I'll make my own show one day. Who knows? Who's to say <laughs> it could just be like complete satire. Just this, I really want to make a TV show of like this girl who's just like really cynical and just like, I don't know. Like there's my, one of my favorite shows is called broad city. Mm-hmm. And I want to make like a native version of that. Like these just two girls in a big city, but they're native. And I've seen a couple episodes. Yeah, of that. it's so yeah. funny and so ridiculous. So I don't know. But it's really cool just to work with like friends on their their little passion projects because sometimes the money isn't always there. But you're just like, hey, like I get to work with my friends and I get to help them like do their passion project. So it's like, sure, I'll do it for pennies. Like you know, I'd rather do that than work with some 
making a lot of money working with some a-hole from New York or something. Like, mm-hmm. actually, the past two weeks I was on this film, like, literally down the road at the Performing Arts Center. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a, it's like a Broadway boot camp for all these kids, but the director of it was Kenny Ortega, which he directed High School Musical, which was, like, oh. a huge movie for me <laughs> in my childhood. Zac Efron was the first white guy I ever had a crush on. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, like, Kenny Ortega, really interesting guy. Yeah, he actually directed Hocus Pocus, which is another great movie. Really? He directed This Is It, the Michael Jackson, like, documentary thing. Yeah, big guy. Uh, But, yeah, I think he's from, I think he lives in L.A., but really cool to work with those people that you, like, kind of grew up watching their stuff, but sometimes you just, it kind of ruins it for you because you're like, this guy's so mean. Like, why is he yelling? (laughs) (laughs) Like, he's going to calm down. So, you know, you're just like, okay, these people aren't my, you know, like your idols are never who they really are, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, but it is cool to like work with these people who are, you know, like, I don't know, who are established in this industry and kind of learn from them. Even if you're learning not to act like them or be like them, like, I think that's really important. And for Reservation Dogs, like working with like Sterling and all the directors and the writers, people who are on set every day, like, you know, like they're just hanging out with us and everything's like chill. Everything's cool. And we all get along. And I think that's why reservation dogs is so special is because, you know, we're making this from love and, um, yeah, this is like for our community. And so there's just like something like different and special. So it's really hard sometimes to work on other shows and kind of like realize like, okay, this isn't reservation dogs. Like this isn't like how it is on set. And I have to accept that and just be like, all right, you know, I have to make money. I have to survive. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I got to do these jobs, even though they're not fun sometimes and people yell at you and you want to go home and cry almost every night, you know? So reservation dogs, it really like spoiled me for what I think a show should be like and how I think a set should be, but you know, they're not all winners. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I've heard some, uh, like horror stories about sets. Um, I remember, so I worked like on a few sets as just an extra or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I haven't like ran into anything crazy. I mean, everybody was pretty cool. It's like the production or whatever, like everybody's pretty cool, but it, there's like a certain, like, I don't know, like they just treat like, I guess your background or whatever, like, like just like, cattle i guess yeah yeah and they're like well no you can't you can't have this coffee you know you probably got to go down the road or something for sure but be back at the at, be back when you're supposed to be on set or on call or whatever and so but i never like went went out of my way to get coffee or anything i just like sat there i didn't know what to expect and then so being used to that and then when i I put in for some security guard for reservation dogs. You remember that one? Yeah, we, yeah. we seen each other. Yeah. I was like, Oh shit, there's Brittany. <laughs> and, uh, what was I doing? I was doing something and you like had to do a double take because I guess like you didn't realize it was me. Yeah. <laughs> I think you were wearing a mask and it was so dark in there. Oh, yeah, and I think right. there was a fog machine. There was just so many things going on. <laughs> and then like you looked and then you look back and I was like, you're like, Oh, and then we hugged or whatever. And then, but being on that set, because I was just kind of like, I don't know, like I didn't want to like do anything to piss anybody off. Right. I just because I've seen I've heard stories and I've seen stuff, too, where, you know, you do something wrong or whatever, then 
you're getting yelled at. Yeah. And so, but being like, everybody was just like, oh yeah, go grab whatever you want from the Mm -hmm. snack place. And if you need a pop or something or food, like go. And then they fed everybody. Oh yeah. And everybody ate with everybody. Mm -hmm. And like you said, it was just a, it wasn't so stressful. It wasn't like a set of rules to follow. It was really different. And then I heard like other people say like what you said, what I'm thinking too is like that's how a set should be. Yeah. Like it shouldn't be so just riddled with man, you can't do that or the big stars are here, like or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like I get it, you know, like people are big stars, but but I mean like that set was just like, Hey man, we're all hanging out, we're all having a good time. But you know, when it's time to work, then yeah. yeah. It's time to work. But it wasn't like just so like I wasn't afraid. Like finally, I got to the point where where I was like, "Oh, okay. Well, I guess I can walk around. Mm-hmm. I guess I don't. Just, I just don't have to sit here for like five hours. I could, you know, not do anything I want, but I could do more than I think I should. Right. Yeah. So, and so I mean, that was like, like you said, like I noticed that too, and it was just a really good environment to be around. And um, I don't know. I don't know how the Killers of the Fire Moon was. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't heard a lot of good things about that. Oh, really? But I don't, I think it's mostly because of the weather was just so bad because it was so hot. Mm-hmm. And so many background people were wearing like authentic, oh, like those wool yeah. coats. Like I couldn't imagine. And yeah, I worked with somebody who worked on it and she just, she didn't like it. Mm-hmm. She said she just felt sick for like the whole summer because she was so dehydrated, exhausted. So I can't, I can't imagine. Plus, like, I think that thing was huge. It was like one of the largest sets of like any movie that's ever been filmed. Really? And it, what they filmed for like nine months, but I did hear like at one point they had like 300 background people, which is insane. Whoa. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. I would hate to be that assistant director that had to take care of all those. That's crazy because yeah, (laughs) I mean like, like you say like background, it's only like what? 20 to 50 yeah i've seen like i think 50 tops it but 300 yeah that is insane yeah especially if they're all in like timepiece costumes like i would it would suck to work wardrobe and have to clean all those every night are they even cleaning them that's the real question think of all the sweat that Mm -hmm. happened dude i'd be melting yeah if i (laughs) I'd like, be like, I'm sorry, guys. I'm like, don't even bother bother putting makeup on me. Like, I'm just gonna sweat through it. I bet my hair would have been so greasy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I haven't worked on anything that large, but knock on wood, I probably will one day. And mm. I don't know. I like these kind of smaller, more intimate shows. I haven't worked on a movie yet. Have I? Have you? I thought no. you have. Well, I don't feel like it's like s- these little indie short films mm. that I. Th- they're not like nothing huge mm-hmm. um but yeah i would definitely say reservation dogs was the biggest one i worked on this last film i worked on in broken arrow we had eight camera people i think at one point we had nine camera people which is crazy mm-hmm. um yeah and it was it was a really interesting experience um working on that it was like a musical basically like broadway so I have all these songs just stuck in my head. So like every night I would go home because I was on it for two weeks. I'd go home and I would try to go to bed and I would just feel like I could hear like the soundtrack to Wicked playing in my head over and over again. I was like, like get it out. <laughs> <laughs> but I did get to see Boo Boo Stewart. Do you know who Boo Boo Stewart is? Uh, oh, shoot. Oh, yeah. um, he is one of, I think he's the youngest wolf on Twilight. Like he was part of the wolf oh. pack. 
I know, yeah. Yeah, he played Seth in Twilight, and he was on set of this like film I worked on, and I was just like, I was the only one who knew who he was, like as far as the camera department, and they're like, "Who's Boo Boo Stewart?" And I'm like, "You guys, I'm like, you guys are so old." I'm like, "Twilight, <laughs> come on!" I mean, he played like Disney Channel shows and stuff, but. Yeah, that was like the highlight of my my time on that job. <laughs> I worked with a really great crew. They're from like L.A., New York, I think some New Mexico people, which is really cool. Um, so, yeah, hopefully like I get to work with those people again because it was a really cool team. And mm. that's one of the the things that I love about the film industry is like you get to meet people that are from all over. But it's also sad because you're like, will I ever get to see you again? Like we'll exchange in- Instagram handles or, you know, exchange numbers. But the odds of me seeing you again are like pretty slim, you know, like unless I moved to L.A. or to New York. So you like you get attached, like working with somebody for like 12 to 14 hours a day for like yeah. weeks on end. And you're like, well, good <laughs> luck in life. Good luck on the next film. So, yeah, all those people, they were like, you should move out to L.A. And I'm like, so expensive. Yeah. They're like, but you'll get paid more. You'll get more work. And I'm like, I love Oklahoma. I don't see myself leaving Oklahoma not just because of like the growing film industry here, but you know, my community's here and I feel like that's something that'd be so hard to find elsewhere. Mm-hmm. And that goes to say for anyone, you know, like you're never going to find people to replace the people you love. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm just going to stick it out in Oklahoma, see it through and see where things go. And it's really exciting to like watch my friends like you, like doing all this cool shit mm-hmm. and what you're managing like five podcasts now you do five, right? Uh, I guess you can add the Russell Talks one as five, but yeah, I do this one and then the Turtle Island Boys and the Unsolved Mysteries of the Reservation and then the Underground Kings podcast. And then I did, I started the uh, Meet Wolf Comedy to help promote and create content for native comedians Mm -hmm. that are here uh, in Tulsa. We hope to expand later on, but right now... I'm just in a. I'm trying to buy a new lens too for my camera so I can make better. Yeah. Yeah, because mine's all grainy or whatever. But, but I mean, like you got to start somewhere. Yeah, for sure. But I mean, yeah, I mean, um, shoot, I mean that's what I think too, man. It's just like, it's so cool to be friends with you know who we are Mm -hmm. friends with. Like you know, I see you out here just being on movie sets and then like telling us about your experiences and and um, just I mean. I don't know. Um, What did you... So you've never worked on a film set at all, like prior to Res Dogs or anything. Yeah, I haven't, which is crazy. So (laughs) what was like, what did you think like going on like your first day on a job? Oh my God, I was so terrified. (laughs) I bet. I think it was the... We were at the IHS, um, which was here in Tulsa. So um, yeah, I was terrified. Like I didn't know what to do I was I couldn't even I didn't even know like anyone in my department like I had to ask around like uh Sterling did like the opening ceremony they did like a prayer and everything and everyone just kind of dispersed after and kind of looked like they knew where they were going except me and I'm like oh my god I was like I gotta find somebody I know I'm like hey I'm Brittany I'm in the camera department um I don't know anyone in the camera department like where do I go and so people were helping me they're like I think over here or over there and then I met the team like that day, and yeah, I was so terrified. Um, I had a, I ended up making one of a friend who was like a grip guy, and he was 
I think he told me maybe like a month into it. He was like, you always look like you knew what you're doing. Like you just walked around and looked like you knew exactly where you were supposed to be and what you're supposed to be doing. I'm like, thank you so much. Like that's such a huge compliment <laughs> because like every day I was just like, I should be doing something. I got to look like I know what I'm doing. And I was just BSing my way through it, you know? Um, technically, like I didn't need to be on set every day. They just let me. They're like, like my job, like, I mean, we worked anywhere from like, 10 to 14 hours a day mm-hmm. on set and I wasn't really allowed to do anything on set like I wasn't allowed to move like cameras or to touch too much equipment because I technically that wasn't in my job description like I was supposed to just transfer the media from set to Cox Business Center take it to this random dungeon in the bottom of Cox Business Center and upload it and I would communicate to like LA people and New York people and say like hey this drive is plugged in let me know if you see it and they're like okay things are good to go and so I would just go back to set and I would hang out like I literally just hung out probably at crafty and just ate snacks all day (laughs) or just like walked around um so yeah I mean it was really cool of them to let me hang out on set because I felt like I learned so much because I would go around to different like departments of like hey like what are you doing that's really cool and so then I really learned like the lingo of working on a set um kind of what each department did and like what they're responsible for. So it almost felt like a scholarship, you know, like Mm -hmm. I had an opportunity to like learn without the pressure of messing up. Cause you know, like I was just there to hang out and they just let me be on set. Um, so it was really cool. Yeah. (laughs) Which is really crazy. I'm like, I can't believe they trusted me to like transfer all the media. Like I drive a really crappy car and I think my car broke, I think at least two or three times oh god and it was a lot of like you know driving from okamogi to tulsa it's like a 45 minute drive and there'd be a couple times where i'd have to like pull over the side of the road because my car would overheat oh no <laughs> uh and i'm like having all this like all the footage that we shot in that day i'm the only one who's like has that in their hands or with them you know like if something were to happen to it or me or my car like it would be done for like we'd have to oh refilm god. all that and so i don't think i quite understood the pressure that is mm-hmm. until after the like after the fact like after the show I was like wow I can't believe I was the one that they trusted <laughs> carrying all this media especially in my crappy little t- 2007 Prius <laughs> god so yeah like that was basically my job I was considered a dailies PA um you know really offered my service to the camera department like all the the camera operators the first assistant cameras I was like hey need coffee need a snack need anything and so I just became somebody who's just like whatever you need I'll do it I'll get it for you like don't worry and so I think that I that made me like pretty pleasant to work with or maybe I'm just like a naturally likable person I guess but um yeah they asked me to come back for season two and they're like hey we want you to move up a position like we want you to be able to get like your hands on cameras and like do more things and learn more stuff. So that was really cool that they gave me an opportunity to like get a a bump in position and pay too, which was great. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, I worked for like that camera team is just phenomenal. So, and I hope I get to work with them and like things in the future too, you know, when res dogs isn't a thing anymore. And I'm really glad, like one of the the guys I worked for, um, he was the first assistant camera for the a camera. His name is Chris. And like, he does like the focus pooling, you know, like, you have like a little knob and like if the camera's pointing at something, he like moves this knob and it focuses Mm. on like based on like feet. So like, um, yeah, kind of hard to explain. Uh, so like 
I just ask him like so many questions I'm like so what are you doing there can you show me like all your equipment like I want to know like everything and so even for season two it felt like another scholarship I got to sit there and like learn from these people who have been in the industry for 15 20 30 years and I think it's so great that they just you know they took the time out of their day to teach me things you know Mm -hmm. I'm like I really want to like I just want to work I'm like as much as I want to create something great and like be a director or, you know, make something as historical and life-changing as reservation dogs, I just also like want to work and I want to learn. And I love, you know, this part of the industry. Yeah. So yeah, it's really great when you work for people who like, they'll take you under my wing. I'll teach you everything. So and I feel like res dogs, you know, does that a lot for people. So yeah. I love that you, at least took advantage of that, um, the knowledge that was there, mm-hmm. you know, because I know some people, I've heard of some people just, oh, yeah, and then they just go and they don't, like, give a fuck or whatever. Yeah. But, you know, like, it shows, like, yeah, like, you're always, like, I mean, just with, like, um, if we're just out and about taking pictures, like, you're willing to help us out mm-hmm. that don't know anything. Yeah. And just oh, you know, this is how you do it, or, or this is how I do it, or, mm-hmm. like, you know, like, you're just giving advice and helping all of us out and everything and and i mean it shows too like just the way you're talking about wanting to learn more and you have these assets is that -hmm. that a proper word yeah assets to your availability i guess to just soak all that up of 30 years or 20 years or whatever however long they've been here doing this yeah and there's just so like that's what i love too man it's like the community that that show has created like because i know some people they'd probably like just go nah right you know like they just be like real dickish about it Mm -hmm. and but i mean it was so it's so cool to hear like yeah like let me show you or let me help you too, like just how you are to us. Like, you know, I love hearing that and just um, hearing all these like adventures in uh, Res Dogs. Yeah. But I, I was gonna go back to um, when I did see you on Res Dogs. Um, I mean, it was it was this was weeks into your job too, but I mean, you were just yeah, you were like that person said like you're walking around just mm-hmm. owning it. <laughs> And I was I was scared to like say hey because I didn't want to like I like cause you look like busy yeah and I knew it was hot and you're putting together some stuff and I was like uh, should I say hi I was like I guess I should yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah no and, like even season two like there was a lot of times I was just like faking it I was just like yeah I know what I'm doing totally <laughs> like every driving scene like watching that because you know we've we've seen the first episode so far and like the driving scenes we've like there's so much that goes into a driving scene like the amount of like process trailers or trailers in general or cars mm-hmm. i had a rig with wires to get you know actual screen footage to a screen that's like screwed in basically to like uh i don't even know how to explain it but basically a trailer is pulling the car and so that's how like these driving scenes kind of work you mm-hmm. know like so there's all these wires going from one car to the top of the trailer where these directors are sitting and they can see the screen and seeing what's being shot. Um, so stressful to rig those cause there's so many wires and so many things that go into it and you're just like, yeah, I got this. This is fine. Uh, th- but there's so many times where I'm like, um, I need help. Like, mm-hmm. so me and Taylor Hensel, she was the other camera utility for the season. And this was her first set to ever work on, I believed as well, or at least something of this size. 
And so she really relied on me. She's like, okay, you, you've done this before. You know what you're doing. I'm like, yeah, totally. I know exactly what I'm doing. I'm like, no, I didn't. <laughs> so like when we did it the first time, we were like, we rigged this car to get, um, so the directors could actually see what we were being like was shot. Um, we took pictures. And so after that, every time we rigged a car, like we were referring to our pictures. I'm like, okay, that, that wire goes there, that wire goes there. And it's just, there's so much that goes into it. Um, so next time you see a uh, a driving scene in a movie, think a camera utility for rigging that car. Wow. <laughs> How long does that take? Um, man, it, it varies. And mm-hmm. it could take anywhere from like 30 minutes, um, probably about 30 minutes. I feel like that's a good average. Mm-hmm. 20 minutes is probably ideal, trying to do it fast. By the end of the season, like we got a lot quicker at it, um, mm-hmm. which is good. But yeah, there's so many driving scenes in, in Reservation Dogs. So every time I see a, a car, I'm like, I have flashbacks. <laughs> Someone shared a picture of, or to me, of me and Taylor, like standing at the top of this process trailer. I actually want to show you. I know people like won't actually see this, but maybe I'll share it to my Instagram eventually. Um, okay, hold on. Seeing some secret stuff, everybody. Yeah. You can't see it. Okay, so that's like, that's on top of like the hood of this truck. Oh. Or on the roof of this truck, I mean. Mm-hmm. And so the like, there's monitors up there, and there's seats where the directors sit, and all those wires about like I would say 50 feet long. They go down to this car that's being pulled. Yeah, really intense. I look so happy in that photo, but I was probably just like sweating from stress. So that's hooked up to a car. Yeah. So like that's the that's on top of a a the roof of a truck, mm-hmm. and then there's stairs that goes down into like a flatbed like trailer type thing. Mm-hmm. There's where there's more seats, and then that is pulling a car. That's so there's insane. yeah, <laughs> yeah. I wish I had a better picture of it, Whoa. like the whole thing together. Yeah, but yeah. So that's crazy. I think that picture was from like the last driving scene of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, I'm so glad that I don't ever have to do this again. I'm like, psych. There's gonna be more movies or more <laughs> TV shows that I'm gonna have to do this, but I'm only gonna get better at it. And the like the DP and the directors, they were always patient with us if like we weren't getting footage on our screens and trying to like rewire things or troubleshoot stuff. So mm-hmm. really intense. That's cool though. You learned that. Yeah. Like you know how to do that now. Yeah. And then I mean, if you go to another set and they go, Hey, you know, Brittany, hook this up. Yeah. I'm All like, right. I know how to rig a car. <laughs> built a lot of study cams this season too so like i feel like oh, i can say real? that people are like so now i know like yeah there's just so many things i feel like i learned this year in comparison to last which is good so you know i'm only going to keep learning and just going to keep asking questions and um i'm pretty quiet on set which is a good thing because i've seen people not asked to come back to tv shows because they talk too much mm-hmm. so yeah just be quiet and like listen, listen mm-hmm. and if you if you don't know what you're doing, don't be afraid to ask. And I feel like that's one of the like the most important things is it's better to ask and get help than do it wrong and something messes up during a take. Yeah. Like ugh, that pressure. That's always uh, the main focus. Yeah. Is ask whatever it is. Yeah. If you're totally unsure, don't wing it. No. <laughs> don't fucking <laughs> think you know what you're doing. That's what I do now. Like if I don't know something. Or I think I know it, then I'm. I better make sure yeah. this is what it is they yeah. want, or I do, or something. Yeah, even if you're, you know, you think you know what you're doing, just get in a second opinion. Yeah, just get, yeah. <laughs> nothing wrong with that. I mean, 
Okay, so like last year that you know that shooting that happened in New Mexico on a film set where the the gun went off oh, and yeah. it was like wasn't it Alec Baldwin? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like stuff like that is just you know, we have to create a really safe environment on film sets and with reservation dogs, like we always had like a really great safety team, um, which I really can't talk, like give an example because I would like spoil episodes. Yeah. But there was always somebody checking certain things that were being used on set, like certain props, like showing everyone like this is not this is safe. I'm going to show you an example like this is fine. And so when we ask questions or when we listen or making sure that things are done right, then that creates a safe environment on a set because mm-hmm. we don't want anything to happen like that in New Mexico. We don't want people to lose their life. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was, I forgot. I totally forgot about that because yeah. I was like a shooting, yeah. but yeah, man, that was crazy heartbreaking mm-hmm. news. Yeah. And to think like that was even like, it wasn't even checked, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I didn't read the full story, but I mean, just, just like seeing it, like it actually happened. Yeah. Like, pulled the trigger and killed somebody yeah and they they said like things were checked multiple times but it's like keep checking Mm -hmm. anytime it's like used like keep checking it make sure things are empty and not loaded and it's super sad because like there's not a lot of female camera operators and you know a female camera operator lost her life that day and it's just so tragic so i'm glad oklahoma like as much as like it's giving us an opportunity for a lot of us who have never worked on a film set before, they are making things where it's like safe to ask questions and have someone guide us and teach us because, you know, we're, we're all trying to grow together mm-hmm. and, but we got to do it safely, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad like, <clears throat> I'm glad you don't want, like you don't feel the need to move. Mm-hmm. Like I'm glad you, I mean, there'd be nothing wrong if you wanted to move, yeah. you know, but you see the actual like growth of this industry here, mm-hmm. you know, and it's booming. Yeah. It's been booming, but now it's, you know, it's creating really like it really is creating a lot more jobs mm-hmm. and a lot more creatives to work on these type of jobs mm-hmm. and then creating their own stuff, you know, yeah. like you will. And I mean, it's just like, it's so cool to see. And because when I moved, when we moved back here, I think, I think it was just, kind of getting started Mm -hmm. in 2015 yeah like it was like on the on the baby steps of being what it is today yeah i I forget what movie was even filmed here back then but i guess some have been filmed here before that but Mm -hmm. you know now they signed the whole entertainment thing like the state of oklahoma did like atlanta did Mm -hmm. so it's trying to be the next or better than Atlanta. Yeah. Is what I'm thinking. Definitely. And I hope and I think this is gonna happen. I think Oklahoma will be like the leading state of indigenous storytelling, like via motion picture. Mm-hmm. And I I mean I'm hopeful of that and I want that to happen. Um you know, like Oklahoma has like this film incentive program now where like a rebate rebate program where you can like if you bring in a film, you can get some money back if you're using like native crew or you're filming on um like indian reservation but i feel like these people lately have been getting approved for this rebate or like non-native like films which is Mm -hmm. okay because like you know you know they can do that but you can't say that you want oklahoma to be like this the leading state of indigenous storytelling if you're not allowing natives to have an opportunity to do so you know Mm -hmm. So, I mean, because I follow the, I think it's the Oklahoma Film and 
music office like website page it shows you like all the things that are being filmed this year that got approved for the rebate program and there's some like there's a paramount show coming um there's oh, a to check this out. yeah like a i think there's like a lifetime movie or something like that but it's showing all the ones that are getting approved for this incentive and hardly any of them are from indigenous creators reservation dogs got you know approved for season two to do that so they got some money back this year but other than that like i know of other people who have applied that are indigenous filmmakers who didn't get approved and there's just so many hoops that you have to jump through to get this and it's like who's on this board who's approving these films like come on let's give natives an opportunity so i really hope that that doesn't deter you know native filmmakers from like wanting to create something here like i hope that there is some sort of like grants or something that they can have the opportunity to get something like here in o- or film something here in oklahoma so mm-hmm. i don't know that's crazy i didn't even i know of that oklahoma film and mm-hmm. music i know about that and i I didn't know they had the whole list or whatever about yeah. what you were just talking about, but get me on the damn board. Yeah, no, the <laughs> get me on there. There's a, a guy that I work with on like I've worked on him like Reservation Dogs, a couple other um, films here and there, and he's such a huge advocate for you know this incentive program um hmm. and kind of just I mean he's not on the board or anything, mm-hmm. but I think he should be on the board. I think yeah. he should be one of the people that is you know, really telling how it is. Like, no offense, like, it's just, like, these white people that are, like, leading this board. Um, I think there's a few, like, Native people involved. um, But it's, like, we need someone to advocate for us. Like, as much as you, like, want to be a a Native filmmaker, you should also be advocating for other Native filmmakers. So, I mean, if you look at that website, um, I don't actually, I think it is the Oklahoma Film and Music Office, but Mm -hmm. if you're wanting to get into film, anyone who's listening... Um, they actually put emails on there. So if you could like send in your resume, so it's a really great place. Like I look on there all the time just to see like what's coming to Oklahoma. And if I'm not getting any job offers, I'll just like send out my resume. I'm like, Hey, I'm available. So Mm -hmm. I'll have to look into that too. I want to do my research about that and then see if there's anything I can do. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'll definitely look into that. I didn't even know they had a board or anything. Yeah. That's news to me. I, so. Which I think, I'm pretty sure it's like really expensive to be on the board. Like you have to pay in. Oh my gosh. And that, that's another reason why I feel like it's deterring like us like you know, this independent filmmakers, you know? Like mm. we don't have some giant studio or corporation that's making films. Yeah. I mean, there's a few in Tulsa, but no one I would really work with. I mean, I've worked with, on other films, I worked in a, on a film earlier this year in Oklahoma City and I ended up leaving because it was just... I mean, I got the offer from for Res Dogs, so I left. Mm-hmm. But they basically were just like, "All right, get out of here because you're leaving for Res Dogs." So I was just like, "Whatever." Whoa. Yeah, and so it was just a huge thing where I was just like, "Man, like, I just never really felt like I fit in in that that at that studio." I was working on like a feature film out there, um, and I was, I had basically like was chosen under the, as this director's apprenticeship, and I was like, "This is so great! Like, I'm gonna learn what it's." It's going to be like to be a director. This guy's going to take me under his wing. No. Like I was just doing the most ridiculous things. Like I, he had me like research social media pages for film um, schools. And he was like, oh, I want you to build a website for my other business. And I'm like, no, like that's not appropriate. (laughs) I'm like, this is not teaching me anything about film or what it's like to be a director. 
And so after that, I was like, I left. I left Oklahoma City because I was there for like maybe a month. I was supposed to be there for three months. I left after a month. I was like, this is awful. This is not my community. And I went home one weekend, met up with some people from Res Dogs. Um, we all went to Saturn Room, had a couple drinks. And they're like, hey, like, we want you to start on this day. And this is a position we want to offer you. Um, I know you're in Oklahoma City, but how do you feel about leaving early? I'm like, yes. I'm like, that's exactly <laughs> what I needed. I just needed something to get me out of there. So I told people, I'm like, hey, um, sorry to do this, but I got to leave in like three weeks. And they're like, just go home now. Like, whatever. Wow. Yeah. And so that just really showed me, I'm like, this is like my film fam is in Tulsa, you know, mm-hmm. with my Res Dogs people and all these other like native filmmakers that I've, you know, had the privilege of working with. Like, they wouldn't do this to me. They wouldn't treat me like I was nothing. So, yeah, you just got to be careful with studios who you're like, who you're working with, like, does their values align with yours? And I just never felt like I fit in. I was like, I, yeah, it just, it was a really weird experience for me, but I think I needed to see that because it made me pretty selective on the projects I work on. Mm-hmm. And as much as like, sometimes I'm like, all right, I got to pay rent. I got to go find some work. I'll go take like a, probably some ridiculous film job for a week or two. But you know, at the end of the day, like I'm getting to work with so many people from Tulsa that I consider my friends and my family. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you just gotta, gotta keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. I feel like you've made a lot of lifelong, like friendships, yeah. relationships, you know, the whole family thing we talk about community mm-hmm. here. I mean, that's so crazy to hear that that happened to you. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know, but then again, we talk about how much of these studios or whatever can be just yeah. assholes. Yeah. Just, not give a shit right it's these people that are because that studio that i work for the the director he was from la and he recently had moved to oklahoma and so all these people are coming from out of state jumping on an opportunity to make it big in oklahoma mm-hmm. thinking that they can just like be territorial you know like this is their time they're gonna create their own space here because you know it's like small small pond big fish sort of thing yeah and like no we don't give a shit how you do it in LA, you know, mm-hmm. like that's not how things work here. You know, this is not how us Okies, you know, work together. Yeah. And so, yeah, you just got these people who are kind of shady in the industry. So I usually tend to stay away from like actual studios. Like I try not to work, work at an actual studio cause like they're very culty sometimes. For real? Yeah. Cause I, I think I went in the next day at the studio in Oklahoma city and got all my stuff off my desk and the director and his wife like they just gave me the ugliest look like i was the most disgusting thing that's ever walked in like all these snares and i'm like this is the last thing i need like these fucking white people like looking at me like this (laughs) yeah and it's like you know whatever like i'm gonna be fine they're like you're making such a huge mistake leaving i'm like no I'm like, this is where my family is. This is the people that I want to work with. And I'm passionate about Reservation Dogs and what it's doing, you know, how it's impacting the world. And, you know, this is this is me doing what I'm supposed to be doing. They're like, mm-hmm. well, we'll just have to think about it. And then they're like, just go home. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Deuces. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I... I have talked to other people about that who work in film and they're like, oh yeah, I've had similar experiences working with them. They're just not great people to work for. And it's just like, I just hope they don't 
continue to take advantage of people, especially like young people in the, the industry who think that like, oh, I'm a director's assistant or apprentice. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to learn so much. It's like, no, like you're you're getting taken advantage of. They're hardly paying you anything. And you're doing like, I don't know, coffee runs for them. Like it's the way you're going to get experience is working on an actual established film set. You know, mm-hmm. just get out there. Or offer helping your friends. Like, there's so many studios around here. Or just, like, make friends with, like, film people. Offer to help them on their, like, passion projects. I would do that all day before I ever work for, you know, some L.A. guy who's trying to take advantage of the system here, you know? Yeah. That's so crazy, man. Like, I hear about them moving to Texas. Yeah. Um. Because, of course, on Joe Rogan, he talks about how <laughs> all these L.A. people are moving from LA to Texas yeah. and it's just like overcrowded now with like these LA people. Mm-hmm. I mean like not just LA people but like higher up LA people, filmmakers, actors, comedians, whatever. Like they all left. They're all trying to leave LA to go to Texas and and um I never I never thought they would move here. Yeah. But I guess like you said what big pond, big fish little pond. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's only it's only it's it's gonna happen. Yeah. I mean, but like you said, like we have so much of a camaraderie, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like Oki is like like you know who you're working for and I'm actually glad that you were, I guess, shown that mm-hmm. to I guess see like well, you've always seen it, but just not to just like jump at every job or whatever. Yeah. Like you said, like you pick like certain jobs now that you feel would benefit you. Mm-hmm. Not just like through money or whatever but through like these relationships that you've had with yeah. res dogs too mm-hmm. and so i think that's like always good because i did that too with something i can't remember what i was doing but i just wasn't picking something or going somewhere just because that was the thing to do mm-hmm. i actually see like the bigger picture of it of yeah. like making these like relationships or whatever these friendships and, and i can't remember what that was dang maybe it was a dream i don't know <laughs> i've been i've been having crazy dreams dream. lately <laughs> but uh but i mean what do you what do you look for like obviously like your stu- the studio i guess yeah right? yeah i try and to then, avoid like, those studios mm-hmm. or production companies because i feel like i mean there's a few i've actually really worked with too many i mean the one in oklahoma city i've worked with um this last job I worked on in Broken Arrow, like I said, I was like, I'm never going to work this production company again because they're kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, it's just, I think it's the, the best thing about working in the film industry is um, I'm just freelancing, you know? Yeah. I can go work with from for some guy for like two or three weeks and I'll never see him again or work for this awful production company for a couple, a couple days, never see him again. I don't have to work for them again, you know? And mm-hmm. there's just like, there's such a no strings attached to these like corporations or these production companies in this industry. So it's nice. Cause I'm like, all right, I could tough it out for a couple of days or a couple of weeks and I don't have to see these people again. And that's fine. Yeah. So, and I feel with in Oklahoma since it's is so small, like the one in broken air, like someone reached out to me like, Hey, um, so-and-so threw your name out. Are you interested? I'm like, yeah. And I'm knowing like, I think six, seven people, there that I've worked with before mm-hmm. so I mean this community is so like small and close-knit it's like even if it's a uh, long hours I think I one day I worked like 14 hours 
And like, even at that point, you're kind of just hanging out with your friends throughout the day. So it's pretty fun. Like when you have familiar face and I always feel safer having a familiar face there. Cause if someone's gonna like, you know, we protect each other and, um, we can laugh about it or complain about it or cry about it later on, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, this last one I did, I think there was like three people that worked on res dogs, um, another one for a couple of days. So yeah, it was like four or five of us that's worked together before, Whoa. which is good. So that was here with, uh, Kristen, Kristen Chinoweth and Kenny Ortega. And Ortega. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. And that was a movie. It was, or like, I think it's supposed to be like this series or something like that. Okay. I, I don't know. Okay. It was, everything was so vague. What I was told when I was hired, which I think I was hired maybe two or three days before they started filming. So there wasn't a lot of information I was given prior to starting. They told me that it was Kristen Chenoweth, which she's from Broken Arrow. Um, she's been on Broadway, Lifetime movies, um, and they're like, it's a documentary. I'm like, documentaries are great. I love walk- working on documentaries because they're they're pretty chill. There's just a lot of like, it's narrative for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe a few B-roll shots. No, I was on a reality TV show. That's exactly what this film was. For real? Yeah. Two weeks of basically running, gunning, watching my camera operators like wear this rig that's like they're holding cameras for like hours at a time. Like there is no like cut or anything it's just like hey these kids are singing in this classroom go film it and it's like this classroom or this class has lasted an hour yeah and it's just like a lot of fallen people around and occasionally someone yelling kenny cam get it on kenny and it's like oh my gosh like (laughs) insane it's just yeah reality tv show the drama was there i saw kids cry at one point i cried but not in like a bad way it's because like they put on this musical performance in front of like fans people who have bought tickets and their parents Mm -hmm. and these kids are from all over and they're singing and like doing a three hour long basically musical that they're performing live in front of all these people Mm -hmm. and i was like why am i so emotional like these kids were so annoying all week because and like this type of work was just been so insane and i'm like why am i so emotional watching these kids sing like they're so good and like watching their parents like cry and like get emotional you're like this is so beautiful it's like this does have meaning this do- i do have a purpose <laughs> <laughs> things i have to tell myself to keep going you know but it, i mean it was really cool um they were supposed to bring in corbin blue you know who corbin blue is yeah yeah really yeah but scheduling issues and i was just like all right i'm leaving then i ended up leaving two days before the show actually ended Mm -hmm. because i was like hey i was like i really want to go party with my res dogs people at the premiere i'm like i can't work friday and saturday they're like you can't work saturday i was like not gonna lie i might be hungover so (laughs) probably not (laughs) and then saturday i did nothing all day and i was just like dang i should have just worked to see the, the the final performance yeah so, yeah corbin he was uh zach's best friend right yeah in that movie yeah and high school musical yeah and he was also uh played in this other show called like jump in where he just like jumped rope oh like, i remember that just on so Disney. <laughs> <laughs> i saw a guy at the gym jumping rope and i said that in my head i was like dang corbin blue <laughs> i know corbin blue over here <laughs> Would you want to work on a Disney? Well, oh, probably not now. It's I don't know. I think back then it would. It looked fun back then. Yeah, I feel like if I could pick a dream show to work on, like as far as Disney, it would have been the Amanda Amanda show. 
Do you remember that oh, show? I remember that one. Or um, Josh, what's his name? Josh and the brothers. Nick, no. You know. The Jonas Brothers? No, not the Jonas Brothers. They It was like Josh was like the chubby kid. And they were like stepbrothers. J- Drake and Josh. Drake and Josh. That's Nickelodeon though. Oh, it is Nickelodeon. But Disney. Drake and Josh. We just watched that oh like my gosh. a couple weeks ago. I, that would have been like my dream show to, to work on. My current dream show to work on is What We Do in the Shadows. Ooh. I tweeted the creator of it today. Well, I have this really bad habit of like tweeting my my idols and people that I want to work for. I'm like, hey, hire me. Hey, hire me. I do it all the time. I'm like, maybe one day they'll reply and be like, send me your resume. Mm-hmm. I'm like, it's 2022. I'm going to send out my resume via tweet. So I, I tweeted him today and I'm probably just going to continue until somebody replies to me, you know? Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Fingers crossed that I work on that show one day. It's one of my favorite TV shows. You will. Yeah. You will. I'm manifesting it. Or Rutherford Falls. Would love Ooh. to work on Rutherford Falls. Um, I should, I have, I think I tweet them occasionally too. I'm like, mm-hmm. hire me, which I hope they get renewed for another season. Have you watched that show yet? I watched the first season. I haven't got to watch the second season. Second though. season's really good. That's yeah. what I hear. Yeah. Um, I took pictures of Jana, which she plays uh, Regan. Mm-hmm. Is it Regan? Regan. Regan, yeah. Regan in the show. Because obviously she plays Bev, the IHS receptionist on Res Dogs. Mm-hmm. Um, she came into town. Or when she was in town, I took photos of her, which was really cool. Um, I mean, technically Shane Brown was taking photos of her. And I was like, hey, Shane, can I like come hang out and watch <laughs> and bring my camera? And he's like, yeah. So, um, yeah, I really got to develop like a, a sort of a friendship with her. And I told her, I was like, I used to tweet you all the time. Like, I'm like, I'm not going to lie. Like. I know you just met me, but I used to tweet you all the time saying, hey, hire me for Rutherford Falls. And I'm like, I don't know what kind of pool you have for the TV show. <laughs> I was like, I, I know you're just an actress, but if you have any sort of pool, hire me. <laughs> <laughs> so always tweet your idols, guys. You never know. Who's, I'm going to start doing that. You should. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm starting to get on Twitter now. I'm oh. starting to slowly get back into it. I love Twitter. I wasn't really. Well, I have a Twitter, but I never really got on it. Yeah. But. I talk about I talk a lot about it with uh, Kirk Kirk Morrison. So yeah, he was telling me all about Twitter and just catching me up. And right. I was like, well, I'll try. And then I'll try the. Would you say tweet your idols? Tweet your idols. Yeah, tweet your idols. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Most of my Twitter is like me using it as a diary. Um, not like sad girl stuff or anything. Maybe mm-hmm. occasionally there's a sad girl tweet, but I just you know I just post dumb stuff. Like I used to post a lot of Danny DeVito pictures and gifs. For real? In my my bio says it says Daddy DeVito fan account. <laughs> Daddy DeVito. Yeah, da- I love Daddy DeVito. He's he's my man. Our little short king. <laughs> yeah, so I was basically just some weird Danny DeVito stan account for a little bit on Twitter. It goes through phases. My name's not really attributed to my Twitter because I'm like I'm going to keep it low key. Mm-hmm. So people don't like think I'm crazy or weird or something, but I don't know. At Britney Smears, that's my Twitter handle. Britney Smears. Britney Smears. <laughs> that was my future roller derby name. I always <laughs> wanted to do roller derby, so I was like, Britney Smears is where it's at. <laughs> I haven't done roller derby though, so you maybe. never got to try it. No, I feel like I'm decent at skating, but I'm getting older, so my body's pretty fragile. I think I've seen you skate. Have you? I don't know. Maybe. I want to say we ran into you skating or something. Maybe. 
Probably like longboarding, maybe. I think that was it. Or riding Maybe my, longboard. Probably, longboarding. yeah. Yeah, but I always want to do roller derby because it just seemed like, yeah, I'm a pretty big girl. Like, I'm pretty tall. I look strong. I'm probably not that strong, but I look strong. I'm like, I feel like I'd be really great at roller derby. Well, mm-hmm. I watched the movie Whip It. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was, that changed my life. For real? Yeah. I mean, not that I ever like did roller derby, but I just wanted that for my life. You wanted to do it after that movie? Yeah. Yeah. So. I've never seen that movie. It's a good movie. It has a. Elliot. The girl from Juno, right? Yeah, well, guy now, Elliot Page, right? I think. Oh, yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah, yeah. Which, um, I don't know if you've seen the TV show. The I think the latest season just released not too long ago. Um, the Umbrella Academy. Yeah. And so you know that was the is their name Elliot now? Is that their new name or was that their former name? I can't remember. I want to say, f- I think it's a new one now. Okay. Elliot. Yeah. Yeah. But we all know who we're talking about. Yeah. Um, but the character got to change in the show. So I think the the writers did a really great job of kind of addressing that in the TV show. Oh, really? Yeah. Umbrella Academy. It's a little, some, at, sometimes it's kind of goofy. We're just like, this is kind of weird. Like a little too sci-fi for me. But it's a pretty good show. What are they on now? What season? I think it's season four. For what? I, or season three. It might be season three. I watched season one. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. It was season three that I just released. Okay. Season three has a really great soundtrack. Like I'm big on like music and how like it impacts and like really tells a story. Mm-hmm. Um, so they did a really good job with that. Yeah. So what happens in season two? I know at the end of season one, you can go ahead and spoil it for me because I'm not going to watch it. Well, but basically season that- two happens like it's almost the same ending as season one. It's like the world keeps ending. What? Or, like how many times are we going <laughs> to save the world? And I'm pretty sure that's how season three ended. It's like, oh no, we got to save the world again. But it's just someone else's fault each time so so if i remember right season one was when that giant asteroid was coming to earth yeah right? yeah and, and then, then they jumped to like dallas texas i think and during like the jfk assass- assassination and like yeah. they all like live their own lives separately and then the world ends again because like I think it's like the Vietnam War sort of thing or some sort of war happened. <laughs> Instead of happening elsewhere, it happened in Dallas, Texas. So the world ended again. And then season three, I'm pretty sure, like they all met their basically themselves, but like from a different timeline. They weren't the same people, Whoa. but yeah, a lot of plot twists. What a crazy show. I know. It's so good though. <laughs> I was expecting you to tell me all that. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what else can I spoil for you? Huh? <laughs> well, I just wanted to know, like, because I wasn't going to watch it, and it's cool to hear that you watched them. So yeah. that's why I was like, so what happens after the, the asteroid coming to Earth? And yeah. now just, it's like. Just keeps happening. I'm really confused now. Yeah, season three, <laughs> spoiler alert, the world does try to end again. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the whole world just kind of on fire. Like, it's like another asteroid sort of thing. It's like, come on, we gotta get up some new material. But I really yeah. like what they did with Elliot Page's um, character. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. I'll, I'll Google it later. Yeah. <laughs> Google some images. <laughs> 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 you should try roller derby though. I should. I think you would be really good at it. Yeah. Then we could all go watch you. That'd be so fun. Smashing. Boom. Oh my gosh! What if I created like an all like Native woman team roller derby team? That would be so badass. I would love that. Oh my gosh. I would then watch the movie, learn how to coach. Yeah. 
and I'd be I'd be yelling around. I'll be like the coach. <laughs> I'll be yeah. I'll be like team captain, and I'm like, all right, to join this team, you have to watch whip it. Yeah, <laughs> it's like their initiation. <laughs> And then after that, I don't know, what do we do? Like take a blood oath or something? Yeah. Just <laughs> God. <laughs> Very culty around oh, here. That'd be so cool to do. I need to find some I think I could maybe find some girls who could do that with me. Do they have that here? They used to. I don't really? know if they do anymore. I'm sure I'm sure there's gotta be some sort of team. Mm-hmm. That'd be hella dope. An all so- native roller derby team. Dude, then we go to like the Olympics or something. I'm just kidding. I don't know if they have that at the Olympics. I have to look it up. I'll start it. It sounds right. <laughs> God, someone makes a documentary about my life and how I started this team. I'm Dang. like, well, it all started with my Twitter handle, Brittany Smears. Yeah, Brittany Smears. <laughs> Daddy I'm, DeVito. Yeah, I'm going to have to go put my account on private. I'm like, whoever's listening to this, I'd be so embarrassed if you read my tweets. Like, they're just so silly. <laughs> but, I'm gonna. F- I don't think I follow you. You should. Yeah, I'm gonna follow you. Okay. I didn't know you were on Twitter. Yeah. But then again, I never get on it. But yeah, I, I think I've had a like. I think I created in 2012, mm. and it's just. I think I have like 10 followers. Not really. I think I have like 200, but <laughs> I think the same three, four people like my stuff. So I, my <laughs> fan base is great. <laughs> <laughs> it's just hard to get into because, <clears throat> uh, I don't know, like. I don't know when to write stuff or yeah. if there's like a proper time. Well, or it's good to share like, you mean you can share like podcast episodes. I'm starting to do that now, but I hate the um, the limit of characters. I think that changed. Nope. It didn't? Because I released, uh, oh. I released, I've been putting it on there the past three weeks and <clears throat> I'll like write out the entire description mm-hmm. and it'll say, It'll be all red though at the very bottom, oh, yeah. and I'm like, "Damn it!" So they, yeah, they increased it, didn't they? And I don't then know. I think at one point it got increased, but yeah, there's still a limit to it, which might be a good thing because some people just be writing novels on social media. And they're like, "I'm not gonna read that." True, I guess. Yeah, you have to kind of, um, like, put it in a way where it's it'll capture your attention, yeah. I guess. And then it's not so much to like, oh god. I got to read all this shit. Yeah. Because I, I mean, I get on Twitter all the time and then it's just like a fast scrolling thing. I'm like, oh, I like I can read all my stuff on the timeline in like less than five minutes. And I'm like, all right, I'm up to date on everything. Hmm. Whereas like Facebook, I'd be scrolling forever, listening to people complain about stuff, sharing me about like their whole <coughs> life story. Yeah. God. But I love Facebook because I get in a lot of Facebook fights, not on purpose, but I just somehow always end up in them. For real? Yeah. I think I got a guy kicked off of a group the other day. You're a part of that group, the Tulsa filmmakers and photographers group. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some guy like was being a a hole to me. Um, I made a post like last week asking a question. I was like, "Hey, what kind of stuff should I have in my assistant camera kit? I'm working on a new job and like a couple of weeks, and I'm trying to build my kit." And he was like, "If you have to ask what's in your kit, then I don't think this." you deserve this job basically. Whoa. And he was just being such a jerk. And this other guy chimed in who was also being a jerk. What? So all these people were coming in and they're like defending me. Like there's nothing wrong with for her, like for asking questions. Like she's just trying to learn. He's like, well, call me old fashioned. But back in my day, I've been working on film sets since I was nine. I'm like, okay, there's child labor laws. That was illegal. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he was just trying to make me feel really bad about asking questions. He was like, your generation's so entitled that you guys think you can just walk on a film set and get these jobs and 
you don't even know what you're doing. I'm like, never once did I say I'm not, I don't know what I'm doing. I just want to know what people are using in oh their kits. Yeah. Because I'm like, I don't know everything. What if I miss something? What if someone says, oh, I had this certain type of scissors, like, and it came like handy. Mm-hmm. Like, then I would probably add that to my, my case and my kit that I would use for my jobs. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think the comment got turned off and my post got deleted. And then the creator of the Facebook group was, which I've worked with him before, really great guy, really great filmmaker. And he was like, hey, like, so sorry that happened to you. Like, there's nothing wrong with asking questions. And I'm glad that people were responding in a positive way. But that guy, um, he shouldn't be acting like that, basically. And he's like, I'm rooting for you. And I was like, that's like, thank you. I appreciate that. Like, so that's like why like people are afraid to ask questions because we get these people from the older generations who are like, you should already know, mm-hmm. you know, you're so entitled. It's like, no, we ask questions. So good old Facebook fights, my favorite. And that's why I was afraid to ask questions. <laughs> it's always like, yeah, you don't know this. Yeah. Are you stupid? And I'm like, I guess. <laughs> right. No, I, re- I feel like I grew up so shy. Like, yeah. My mom always joked, she's like, you're so shy, you don't even talk to yourself. Mm-hmm. And I was just afraid to just talk in general, but also afraid to ask questions. Because I'm like, I don't want to sound like I'm the stupidest person in the room. Mm-hmm. But then as I got older, I'm like, all right, I got to force myself out of my little bubble, the little shell I put myself in. I'm like, no one put me in the shell. I did. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I'm not going to be afraid to ask questions. And so I always make sure like any film set I work on or any type of work that I do, I'm like, all right, what can I learn? Who knows more than me? What can I ask them? So, what do you think made you so shy? Um, Was it an experience? Well, I mean, there were so many people living in my house growing up. Like at one point, there was eleven eleven of us in Mm. the house, and so I was like the youngest. I mean, I had two younger cousins who were there like most of my childhood, Um, but I was just chubby, awkward kid, and so I probably just felt a lot of like insecurities and just was quiet. Never felt like I fit in. And me and my sister, like, we were the only, like, I mean, I grew up in Claremore, which is, like, 45 minutes north of here, um, predominantly, like, white, conservative town. Um, And we were homeschooled, so we just weren't exposed to, like, a lot of people outside of a church. And who's going to church? Like, white people, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Especially Baptist churches. Um, Mm -hmm. So, you know, I never really felt comfortable in my skin. I always felt like I stood out. And everyone's like, oh, your skin's so pretty. And I'm like, no, I hate being brown. I'm too dark. I look dirty. So then I went to like a small private school um, into like high school and everything. And yet again, I was like the tallest girl, the brownest girl. I think we had a couple like, I think there was one mixed girl who was like three grades above me. But other than that, it was just like me and my sister, like these native girls, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't know why I was so shy. I feel like I grew out of it though. I feel like I can hold a decent conversation now. And I have really had to practice like making eye contact with people because I would just be like, I'd look away or look down or like play with my hands or something <laughs> yeah i try to <clears throat> i try to look people in the eye but i've had a few people say like it feels like you know you're like you're giving me this whole like <laughs> like uh like you're staring really like soul. yeah staring at <laughs> my soul type of thing when mm-hmm. you're talking sometimes or like or somebody said like because somebody was going off about something i can't remember what it was and and they're really going off like blah 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 and then mm-hmm. i was just like staring at i mean yeah. like looking at him you know like just 
like I am to you right now. Mm-hmm. And then they, they stopped and they're like, oh my God, like your stare just, it's throwing me off. <laughs> I was like, I'm uh, sorry. sorry. <laughs> I don't know. What to do. Trying to be respectful. Uh, let me turn my camera. Because <laughs> it was a Zoom call. <laughs> Like, what are you what are we supposed to do? Like, look off onto the distance while talking to you? Oh, I'll text him. <laughs> He's like, uh, write me for letters from now on. <laughs> but I mean, I don't know. Like, because I was shy too. Mm-hmm. I think it was like, just, I I don't know. I just kind of felt like too, like, I wasn't, like, I didn't, I felt out of place, I yeah, guess. Yeah. Like, you, like, I wasn't. I mean, I know it was wanted, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I just felt different. Yeah, I, guess. I think that's a, how I think most of us probably like what we experienced as a child, especially growing up places that's like outside of reservation. You know, mm-hmm. you know, we all felt like we don't fit in. I really never felt like I fit in anywhere, even like through college. Like I never had like a huge group of friends or people that I felt like I could relate to, and it, I didn't feel that until like I met most of you guys, like mm-hmm. here in Tulsa. You know, like. I was privileged enough to like befriend a couple people who like introduced me to more people. And I really found like, like a native community. And I'm not saying like only like all my friends are just native. Mm -hmm. Like I have friends that have, you know, you know, from college and um, high school and everything. But yeah, I feel like Tulsa is a place I really started to like fit in and like maybe kind of create my own space. And I think, you know, like growing up, you like see like this, ideal standard of like beauty or success and you're like these people like I don't look like them I don't have the same experience as them like how do I fit in Mm -hmm. and so the reason I probably felt so awkward and uncomfortable most of my life is because I was always trying to like squeeze myself into a space I never even belonged in the first place and so now you're you're with your community you're learning from them you're laughing with them crying with them but you're also making your own space. And I feel like that's the kind of phase of my life I'm in right now, which is like, it's scary, but it's so beautiful too, because I'm like, I'm like really coming of my own, you know, like, you know, not, I feel like I'm doing pretty good in my life. And like, you know, I I feel like I fit in and I feel like I'm exactly where I need it, like need to be. Mm -hmm. So that makes sense. What you said, um, being in a space where you're not even supposed to be. Yeah. Is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah. Because like I, that makes a lot of sense to me because I was doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I just, I was always trying to be, I guess I could say I was always trying to be not myself. Yeah. Like I wanted to be this person mm-hmm. or that person. And I guess I just felt like I wasn't like be me being me just wasn't, I guess, good enough. Yeah. Because I always doubted myself. I always felt like I wasn't smart enough. Mm-hmm. I always felt just real shitty about myself, mm-hmm. I guess. And so, but now, you know, like, <clears throat> like you said, like we're all like, we've come together Mm-hmm. And basically, like we're growing to be, I guess, the best we can be yeah. as ourselves. Mm-hmm. And it's new to me. Like it, that's new to me, just to finally be myself. Yeah, you know, I don't have to put on like constantly like because I'd always work places and I'd be like the funny guy. Mm-hmm. I always felt like I needed to like make people laugh or whatever, yeah, same. Yeah. do stupid shit. But you know, now, I mean, it's just like. I've always enjoyed the conversations. Mm-hmm. I've always enjoyed listening. Mm-hmm. I've always enjoyed just chilling out, vibing out or whatever, yeah. however that may look. And then just, you know, but I guess I just never pushed it out there, I mm-hmm. guess, you know. So, but now, you know, like you said, like we're all like, we're all friends mm-hmm. and we all have this group. And when we get together, 
I mean, we just hang out, we have a good time, um, and we now we get to go to the Circle Cinema movies, yeah. or Circle Cinema Res Dog mm-hmm. Res Dog events. So, I mean, it's always a great time just to hang out, and uh, I know we ran, I know we run into each other every now and again, mm-hmm. but to actually like sit down with you and talk with you, and then just hear you know the things like you the productions like you've been mm-hmm. to and work we worked for the bad experiences yeah. the good experiences and then just like seeing yeah like seeing you grow into who you actually should be you know because mm-hmm. you were when you when we first met you were getting your masters mm-hmm. you know but i think you were kind of unsure of what to do yeah. like once that ended yeah the whole college thing which is scary because nobody knows what to do yeah and I feel like it was just another thing of me feeling like I was putting myself into a space I thought I should be Mm -hmm. you know like I'm like why not have a degree I can do this I'll make my parents proud and like regardless my parents gonna be proud of me Mm -hmm. or regardless I'm gonna be intelligent enough to have a decent conversation Mm -hmm. but now I'm just like in debt a little bit you know I'm just kidding we all are (laughs) yeah (laughs) But yeah, for sure. I feel like since the last time I was on here, like so much has changed for the better, for sure. I think for all of us, it's been really cool, like f- to watch our people in our friend group, like do all these cool, amazing things. Mm-hmm. And we all are just cheering each other on along the way, mm-hmm. you know, like none of us are jealous or mm-hmm. talking bad about each other. Like we all love each other. We all like want to see us do really cool things and like impact our community, you know? Mm-hmm. Exactly. I mean, I'd, think the same thing i'm i feel very fortunate and blessed to know the people that you know we have in this group and that we could watch Mm -hmm. you know and then just because i always like you know you'll you'll message about oh you know i'm working on a film Mm -hmm. you know or i'm gonna be doing this for a couple weeks and or like if i miss like uh, a little get together, mm-hmm. you know, Charmin would inform me of like just every, everything, what everybody's doing, yeah. you know? And I'm like, so like proud and, and just like, uh, like, I just love it, man. I love hearing that, love hearing the success of everybody. Yeah. And like you said, man, there's no jealousy. There's no like what, like bad words that mm-hmm. anybody ever says to each other. Like, it's always like just straight up love. Yeah. And I mean, it's so cool to have that around And I feel here. like all of us are so close. Like, you know, the people we meet along the way who maybe don't align with our our beliefs or our values or way like we want this friend group to be, mm-hmm. you know, like they'll weed themselves out, mm-hmm. you know. I think our group is so strong and like healthy and like cool that, you know, people who aren't meant to be there, they'll see the way they're themselves out you know mm-hmm. you know we got a good group and i don't want anyone to like take that from us or yeah. affect it you know watch episode one of two of reservation dogs what did you think of the first two? Oh my god it was so hard for me not to cry mm-hmm. when i saw it i was just like oh my god this is just so beautiful and it's like i don't care if i just change batteries most of the day like that was like that was a me too like mm-hmm. this happened because all of us were doing the little jobs that we were supposed to be doing mm-hmm. and together it makes us this beautiful thing and i mean a lot of the the first two episodes it was so, that was like early like that was the beginning of filming and there was a couple of scenes where i was just like oh my gosh it was so cold that day like freezing like miserable so i have like these flashbacks of filming <laughs> and i'm just like oh yeah that also happened that day like um spoiler alert for people who haven't watched it but there's the scene where 
um, Alora and Jackie are getting chased by like the rednecks in the mm-hmm. car. Um, we were just like in this giant open field. We had to drive like these or drive these. Yeah. Like the Polaris, like ATVs, mm-hmm. like we were driving those out there, like the camera stuff. And I got one stuck in a ditch that day. Oh. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, it's so embarrassing. So like, that's what I thought of that. When I saw that scene, I was like, oh, that's the day I got stuck in a ditch. <laughs> Episode one and two were so great. Um, Wes Studi, of course, amazing. That's my fam. So, yeah, it was really cool just to, like, every time I look at him, I'm like, oh, we're definitely related. We got the same features. We don't at all, but (laughs) Uh, all these people are playing these characters. Like, this is how most of them are in real life. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't know if you watched that Jimmy Fallon um, special, The Red Sox Kids. I've seen it. But I love what... um, paulina said like they wanted res kids res kids and that's what they got just a bunch of res kids so yeah it's so cool yeah the way oh my god i watched that and then i said yeah like they wanted res kids and they got them but i mean just all the characters i mean it's just i love the was that the first episode when gary farmer and west duty were just at each other's heads was that the that was, first that was, second? That was the second one. That was the second one. Yeah, and they were fighting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my god, dude! So I couldn't. St- I could not <laughs> stop cracking up when we were watching that. And uh, they were just Gary was trying to be a holy man. Yeah. And West Duty was yeah. like trying to get rid of the bad medicine, <laughs> and then they just like they're just like at each other's heads and bumping heads, and and they start singing. Um, Damn, is it by the Eagles? Remember. Isn't it by the Eagles? I don't know if it's by I don't the think Eagles. So. No. I know it, I mean I know the song now. I can sing it, but I mean sing I'm it. not gonna sing it on here. It's embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that day was really crazy too, because like we like a lot of the camera people had to like be in the water. Like they're wearing like these waders and they're like, um, this water is really unsafe. Just don't let it get on your skin. They're like, just wear the waders. If um water con like it's like contact to your skin just like wipe it off and sanitize or something so good old e coli in oklahoma ponds oh god and so we were just like kind of careful that day and it was really cold that day and i think there were snakes in the water and whatnot and luckily i didn't have to get in i really wanted to wear the waders though i just wanted to kind of look like i was doing something but what's not the waders like you know it's like the kind of like the overalls that you put over it's oh. like the it's like a boot attached to it yeah yeah okay and right. they bought one for me, I think. I think I had one because I took my measurements. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was hoping, I was like, oh, hopefully I get to keep them after. Mm-hmm. I didn't get to. I didn't even get to wear them that day. I was so bummed. I was like, <laughs> I want to get in the water. But after they said there were snakes, I was like, mm, better not. So, but yeah, that, that watching that scene was so funny. Like, it's so hard not to laugh sometimes on set. Mm-hmm. Like, there's so many, like, funny one-liners. And you're just trying to hold it in, you know? <laughs> I bet. Yeah, I'd like really contain. I'd like. Oh, I just gotta walk off for a little bit because I gotta contain myself. Has anybody laughed? Yeah, yeah, during- yeah. It's so <laughs> funny. Because uh, like, if there's any kind of type of noise, like the sound people have to like, kind of like report it. Like, oh, the sound was heard from a distance or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, my friend Neosha, she laughed season one. Um, I think it was when they were doing like the tornado. They're like underground hiding from the tornado, and mm-hmm. they're all in that small room. I think she laughed during a take and the sound person had to write on his notes like Neosha laughed. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, but it's so funny. Like I can't wait for Black Horse for his episode because he's like such a phenomenal director. I love his style of directing and like the way he is on set. And so getting to like watch him like direct is so cool. 
but um where was i going with this oh no he just laughs like he will just like he has no shame he will just laugh during like takes and so we just have to keep doing like retake 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 <laughs> and so I, I i'm sure there's some sort of way that they kind of cut that out or make it not so loud but yeah there's some people like they'll just straight up laugh and it's always the directors because they've like they're allowed to do so like us maybe not like if i laugh someone will be like get out of here go <laughs> sorry <laughs> so yeah it's yeah it's hard not to laugh it's hard to be serious sometimes i mean there's a lot of serious bits yeah um especially season one i felt like there was a lot of serious times season two i'm trying to think there's some serious times where it's just like people are crying and you got to be serious and so it's like don't laugh and don't joke during this time of this take because we got to get in like this this mood and we can't like let it affect our actors or whatever so yeah yeah wow man <clears throat> i don't know if i could hold it in it's so hard i mean there's if i was like working on set i'd ruin it oh my god this that actually reminds me uh, <laughs> we were filming um a scene and i think I think it's Alora's house. Um, this is later on in the season. Um, for some reason, it was pretty cold that day, so they had they served chili. Boy, did that mess my stomach up! Oh no! And so we're in the house, <laughs> and I think I'm just like sitting at the kitchen table, and like they're filming like in the hallway. So obviously, it's got to be pretty quiet. Like if you're in a house, like they turn like AC units off because of like sound. So it's just like dead silent. Mm. My stomach starts rumbling. Like, I got to go to the bathroom because mm. that chili really messed me up. <laughs> and so <laughs> there was a take and they were filming. You could hear my stomach. It was so loud. And I was just like, oh, my God, they're going to say something. Someone did. <laughs> One of the, the there's a dolly grip guy, Rex. He was like, whose stomach was that? I was like, mine. I was like, I should get out of this house. I was so embarrassed. I never ate chili on set again. <laughs> Actually, yeah, I was like, I cannot eat chili anymore. Like, I stopped eating heavy things like that because I was so, I was so embarrassed. <laughs> so I think only a couple people heard, but man, I was, I was like, I gotta go to the bathroom. I can just imagine that. <laughs> what is that? Someone's like, whose stomach? I'm like, I'm like mine. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah. So. I could just, yeah. But uh, everyone did say that day, they're like, yeah, chili on set was a bad idea. Like, everyone was pretty gassy. Yeah. I felt some type of way. So I'm like, just stay out of the house. Don't go in there. Was there cheese on it? There was cheese. Yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah. Dairy gets me. <laughs> and Lactose I, intolerant. Yeah. I think, I don't remember if it was like a like a vegan chili, too. It might have been. I don't know. They made, luckily, they made a lot of like vegetarian and vegan stuff. Not mm-hmm. that I, I'm not vegetarian for like moral reasons or anything. It's just like it hurts my stomach. Like dairy and meat, like red meat hurts my stomach. So, yeah, there's a lot of days where I'm just like, just have a salad or something because I was so afraid my stomach would do that again. Mm-hmm. Like, I just didn't eat anything like greasy. Unless like they had Indian tacos. I'll be eating that all day. Mm. Like, we had meat pies several times. Mm, so good. And that was uh, res served, right? Res served, yeah, yeah. I went to them whenever they were at uh, Mother Road. Mm, yeah, they're so nice too. Yeah, they're really cool. Yeah, I like them. I was I was really stoked whenever they got to be on set. Yeah, 
and they showed the pictures on Facebook, and I was like, oh, that's so yeah. cool. We got to feed everybody. Do they have, like, a food truck? Don't they serve from a food truck? Okay, so mm-hmm. I might have not seen it that day, but, like, someone had brought me some food, and I was hoping that they had, like, a food truck or something, because I wanted to take a picture and, like, kind of post them and support them. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, they came out, I think, a couple times. Yeah, yeah I think it was twice. Yeah. Yeah. Would you get the both of them meat pies and the Skoden tacos? I yeah, think I did both, like, the first time. And then they came out another time where they just, like, build your own kind of Indian taco. They had just brought everything out. And so we're, I think I just had fry bread that day. Because mm. I think they brought, someone brought pizza that day. Um, so I was just eating a lot that day. I was like, I think it was the last, one of the, maybe second, third last day, maybe the last week or whatever. But man, it's so hard not to just want to eat all day. Because Bradley um, Dry, I don't know if you know who that is. Um, mm. But he was like in a new addition this season. Phenomenal chef. Um, he has done like a lot of things, like start a lot of menus or like food stuff in restaurants here in Tulsa. Oh, cool. So, oh my gosh, the days he like cooked, I was so excited. I was like, oh my gosh, like the best like tomato soup I've ever had in my life. And it's just like simple. You're just like, just tomato soup. I'm like, no, this is life changing tomato soup. Wow. Yeah. I always tell him like, we teach him how to cook. I can't <laughs> cook. I think I know how to cook rice and vegetables. And that's about it. I can't cook rice. <laughs> so you got me. Cook. Well, I'm not gonna lie. I buy the jasmine rice ones that are microwavable from Trader Joe's. So it's like pop that in I the microwave. Yeah, pop it in the microwave for three minutes. We're good. <laughs> Every time I try to cook rice, it gets all mushy. Or it something. is really hard to cook like yeah. yeah rice like that. Unless you have like a rice cooker and like it'd be pretty impressive if you messed it up cooking it in a rice cooker. I, we have one, but I haven't tried it. I'm scared. You should. Well, I feel like it'd be easier than like when you're doing it on a stove in a pot and I'm like, how much water? How long do I let it boil? I watched a video on TikTok where <clears throat> I think it's like, how much water is this first line? Oh. That's what I seen. Oh, yeah. okay. I've but he I've was seen an actual they like, stick their finger in it. Yeah. He was an actual like chef though. Huh. So hmm. I'd, I'd mess it up. The things we learned from TikTok. Actually, I feel like I learned so much from TikTok. Same here. I love TikTok. Same here. I learned how to do stuff. I just haven't tried it because. Do you I ha- make your own videos? I need to watch it, but uh, sometimes yeah. I make my own TikToks. I'll, I'll have to follow you. I think we're friends on there. Are we? I don't know. I think. I know. Like, occasionally, like, not that my videos are blowing up, but I'll get like a lot of views and likes and stuff, and I'm like, I'm like, I literally just burped in this video. Why does it have 400 likes? That was actually <laughs> what really happened. My last video. I mean, that's not the whole video, mm-hmm. but like, there is a little scene where I just like burp. And I'm like, this is, it just shows like, I don't take social media serious too much. I mean, yeah, my Instagram looks pretty curated and whatnot, but TikTok, I'm like, I'll just post like silly things, like things that happen in my life where I post a lot of videos about like dating and going on dates and like how ridiculous they are sometimes (laughs) or like how I got stood up or what this guy said to me at the club. And it's just like silly little stuff about my life. And I feel like people are liking that. And so occasionally my videos do decent keep it up yeah i gotta keep it's the day the times i wear my jewelry like all my rings and my earrings and look real like bougie mm-hmm. they're like oh my god where's your earrings from i'm like <laughs> i'm like i don't know i got it at a thrift store i'm not gonna lie <laughs> i'm like i don't even know if they're indigenous made they just look like it <laughs> but yeah no i feel like i'm gonna really start moving everything to tiktok because i love tiktok i like creating content on there it's easy I actually hate saying that creating content but 
I don't know. Instagram, I feel like it's dying for me and it's just not there anymore. And it is nice just like, because I feel like I get a lot of work from Instagram. Like people are like, oh, I want to work with you. I want to shoot with you. But TikTok is just like this carefree thing I get to do where my videos don't have to be in the perfect lighting or I can just come up with something on the spot and do some sort of like bit. And like, there's no pressure to it. It's just fun. True. But it does waste a lot of my time. I just be <clears throat> scrolling all night. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's 2 o'clock in the morning. What's the longest you've scrolled? Oh, my God. I think um, I was sick not too long ago. I had, like, strep throat. So I was just home for, like, a couple days. And I think I literally, like, just probably altogether probably spent a good seven hours of my life, of my day on that. Because I was just, like, nothing was appealing to me on Netflix or Hulu or whatever. And I was just laying on my couch all day. I probably could have been doing something more productive, like reading a book or something, but mm. you get in those TikTok rabbit holes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I get you. Yeah. Sometimes I'll just turn that off and yeah. scroll. Mm-hmm. I think the longest I went straight was four hours. Oof, yeah. And easy. Yeah. It was like, damn, four yeah. hours already went by. So I, I exited out of it and yeah. I don't know what I did. We went somebody we went to the store or something, but mm-hmm. I could not believe I spent four right? hours, yeah, going through videos. Because what when I, when I noticed it, I started seeing like videos I've seen before, mm-hmm. like a couple of days like before that. Yeah. So it's like, all right, well, I've been on here way too long. Mm-hmm. Now. Yeah. What's your algorithm? Oh. What do you What do you have on so yours? So lately, it's. <laughs> oh, this I feel like this is very on brand for me. A lot of thrift hauls, like these girls nice. who go thrifting and they show us all their clothes. Mm-hmm. Um, I recently just started working out again and lifting. So a lot of my stuff is just like female fitness people, like just doing different types of workouts. Um, but I feel like a lot of my content is like native creators too, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I learn, I get to learn that way about other tribes and stuff. And then plus if they're like, they're posting like where they got their earrings, I always like stock the person's shop and I'm like, Ooh, I kind of want to buy some. So mm-hmm. yeah, my, it's been pretty consistent with like clothes, food, sometimes fitness, but yeah. I love the thrift, the thrift stores and then the garage sales. Yeah. I love to watch Ooh, those. Like estate sales are so fun. Yeah. Love yeah. estate sales. I'm ready for it to not be a million degrees outside so I can start, so garage sales can come back and do estate sales and I can find some cool vintage finds. Hell yeah. Love it. Uh, I don't think we have anything in here, but I found a lot of good stuff from estate sales. So. Yeah. Yeah. I want to go back to some whenever it does. Like you said, it's not a million degrees mm-hmm. out. So thank you, Brittany. Yes. For coming you. on. Man, do we'll have to do this again. Yeah. Probably after season three. Yeah. And then. Man, we'll just talk about whatever. For sure. Or whenever you want. Yeah. Just let me know. I'm down. Yeah. And let everybody know how to follow you. Follow me on Instagram at Britty, which is B-R-I-T-T-I-3. Same for TikTok. I guess you can follow me on Twitter at Brittany Smears, B-R-I-T-T-A-N-Y. Smears. I feel like that's pretty self-explanatory. Other than that, yeah. TikTok. Mostly TikTok. Send me TikTok videos. Danny DeVito. Yeah, Danny DeVito, the love of my life. <laughs> Our foot troll. <clears throat> I don't know why I said that. <laughs> Actually, he refers to himself like that on Twitter all the time. Does he? Yeah, he always posts. This is so weird that I know this. He posts photos of his foot and he always says foot troll. And yes, I just sometimes I just blurt it out and I'm like, why did I say that? No one gets it. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, we need a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I should do that. Get a, it says foot troll and it has Danny DeVito's head cut out. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> we know what to get you now for a gift. Yeah. That's what I want for Christmas. Foot troll. Yeah, I was like, what the hell is <laughs> Well, I appreciate nah, you I having me on this. Uh, it was a good conversation. Sometimes it got a little silly, but it's fine. No, it's all good. But yeah. once again, thank you. Everybody go follow her. Keep up with her. Follow Okie Podcast on Instagram at Okie Podcast on Facebook. Uh, Rustmus49 is my personal on Instagram. And check out Unsolved Mysteries of the Reservation everywhere. Instagram, TikTok, wherever, YouTube. Uh, underground kings podcast turtle island boys podcast and uh meat wolf comedy uh make sure you're checking that out as well we got a show coming up october 20th native american comedy slam i might be getting that wrong i don't know yet i'll be hosting it and also okie podcast pretty much all my content is going to be on or it is on native oklahoma magazine as well so Go check out the new website. And until next time, everybody, peace. Peace.